This is the Workplace Ninja podcast coming to you live from our summit in Baden with highlights, insights, and interviews. Hello, good morning. Still, oh no, it's the afternoon. Good afternoon. afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm depending I'm, on the time zone, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always depending, and um, we will publish it afterwards. So. Um, Definitely, when you're listening, it can be night <laughs> that way. But we're back with a uh, n- uh, some sort of new people on the table um, doing some stuff. The last last thing we did was about security, but uh, we turned that mm-hmm. we turned that around. We do something like uh, Winged OSD deployment, some third some third party apps. So let's let's see what we can do in 20, 25 minutes or so. So these are not just people; they are. Our good friends, we have known each other for a long time, and uh, fellow MVPs, and uh, yeah. yeah we, who, who do we have on the table, Hargit? <laughs> Introduce yourself, go for it. Uh, David Segura, uh, MVP in Cloud and Data Center manage- Management, which is really just PowerShell uh, and OS deployment uh, person. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm Brian. Uh, my name is Brian Dam. I'm... Uh, I guess I'm an MVP in enterprise mobility, I think, if we still call it that. Yeah, know. for <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm a software <coughs> engineer at uh, Patch My PC. Actually, my title is Patch Lover Extraordinaire. And you said earlier, like, you, we're transitioning to security. I, I would I would put forth that uh, all patching is security. It's operational security. Very so true. We are totally talking about security. Right? Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. the last the last conversation was with um, Sergey Chuborov mm-hmm. and Michael Warbeck. Um, they mentioned at the end of, of the recording that we did, uh, they mentioned patching, patching, patching is one of the important things because most of organizations are still uh, have, have lack a lack of not a lack of features but a lack of support uh, when realizing the basic stuff and patching is one yep. of the things that we need to do you know I, I don't know that i'm coining the term but i uh, i have some good friends in this in the security industry and like they say that same thing right operate like so many uh, attacks successful attacks are from operational failures in yep. terms of just patching and right so, uh, yep. that, so I always call the IT team we're your operational security team like we're the guys that, that have to deploy things and actually uh, uh, fix vulnerabilities which doesn't which doesn't negate the need <laughs> to monitor and you know uh, and, and protect the network and all other things but uh, you could have a very strong network and a really poorly patched environment and you're still going to get hacked. Yeah, when, when looking at applications um, when when deploying a modern mm-hmm. modern managed app, uh, d- desktop for example how hard is it to be to to get all the applications um, updated in a good way? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Short uh, question. No, no. I, the, the struggle is is real. I would say, um, you know, Microsoft has tried numerous different iterations on how do we get you know uh, third party patching uh, uh, going, uh, all the way back to uh, System Center. So System Center, uh, they built. You know, they built System Center Update Publisher or SCUP, and the whole, and the idea was, the uh, Microsoft. What they were trying to do at that time was get the vendors. Microsoft's been trying for years, decades, to get vendors to publish their do it, do that work to to, to give them that content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the, that was the whole <coughs> idea of like SCUP and, and and publishers. And then that's what you're seeing with WinGet and with um, the Microsoft Store and those integrations. It. it we're, we're on like a 20 year journey of Microsoft trying to figure out how do we get the vendors to provide this data. 
and historically software vendors have not done that. Uh, anyone who's in IT and has like deployed apps know often it's a struggle just to get a meaningful silent installer that's documented out of a vendor to get them to also then take like a bunch of extra steps to like publish it to somewhere else can be <coughs> a struggle. And publish it quick too. Yeah. It's not like you you know you got vulnerabilities now that you know you wait two weeks or three weeks before you deploy. You already the damage is done now. You gotta you know nip that in the in the butt to say uh, right away. So well, well isn't security about you know your network is only as secure as as the weakest, the link. weakest link. You know, but the mm -hmm. same with what Brian was saying about apps, you know, you could have mm -hmm. vendors that are on top of all of their apps, but if you have that one app that is weak, slow, and not supporting scup and not supporting publishing <coughs> updates in a timely manner, I mean, it, it all falls apart. And, and it is a challenge, and I don't think it'll ever be solved. Uh, I think the proper solution is, is you have to call out, identify who isn't you know, playing the game right, and, and you know, take them out. I think we, you know, what we are doing as IT pros and stuff is really, pushing and educating like at the end of the day is also educating you know IT admins where the 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 old mindset was set it and forget it you deploy an app they oh it's there you use it whatever right five years go by right things like that until a a user or someone says hey you know my this app you know now is prompting me there's a download for it or something like that or it doesn't do what I need to do oh yeah this now there's 10 revisions of that app, go ahead and uninstall and reinstall kind of a thing. But we need to really like, yes, you, you, you touched upon, you know, the, the, the weakest link. And I've seen where people focus so much on like the OS. It's important, right? OS and stuff like that. You got to harden that. You got to harden the hardware and all that fun stuff. But then they forget the application side. Yeah. And that's how threat actors, you know, bad actors come in. And if we, if we look at applications, WingGet, uh, one of your, uh, the, the, uh, the topics of the session yes. that you have done, mm -hmm. um, can WingGet or do WingGet uh, play a role in that area? What, what is it and how can it help? I, I think what Brian touched upon is, is, is there's a challenge and I think WingGet is, is uh, Patch My PC is, is, has done a phenomenal job of, of taking the smaller apps that and handling that for their customers. And I think Winget is another method, another approach uh, uh, to help bridge that gap to keep your apps updated. But you know, it's still going to require the administrators to, to, to enforce some type of policy that says you know, our apps have to be on the latest version. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get there uh, as long as you've got organizations that you know, we've tested our tools on this version of an app and we don't want to move, and we see that a lot with CAD. Um, they, they stay on a specific driver. Um, and that includes vulnerabilities for that uh, specific driver or, or revision. Um, so I think it will always be a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And so, yep. so, so I want to speak to a little bit about to Wingets, Wingets role in all of this. Uh, and it's also clear to understand, like, Sorry to go full Jason Sandys on you, but like there's Winget <laughs> and there's Windows Package Manager. So so yeah. Winget is really Winget is the command line that most people rec that people are familiar with and, and are aware with. But what's what's important actually Winget and Winget is really just the binary. 
Uh, and so even Intune, the Intune management a, uh, agent, what's IME stand for? Intune. Management extension. That's what management agent. extension. Intune management yeah. extension, <laughs> right. Sorry, we have internal arguments about agent versus extension at my <laughs> way. Uh, um, it uses Winget, like you will see that because it's using the DLL. So, so Winget yep. is the, the code that talks to the Windows Package Manager repository, so WPM. So Windows Package Manager is a GitHub repo that anybody in the world can submit their packages to. Uh, and so when I was talking earlier about how Microsoft is, is on a, like they're like in the 20th year, we're trying to figure out how do we get people to, how do we get vendors to submit? We realize that not every vendor is going to. And so Windows Package Manager and then the WinGet binaries that use it are Microsoft's attempt to crowdsource that information. So, so WinGet or Windows Package Manager is crowdsourcing third-party patching metadata mm -hmm. uh, as where uh, and so anybody in the world can submit any package, and it, it, and it doesn't mean everything that gets submitted you know, uh, by everybody makes it into there. The Microsoft has, has, has its own built-in like security uh, processes, so you submit something, and they're going to download it, they're going to subject it to every antivirus that they possibly can, and they have a whole bunch of static analysis tools to try and weed out uh, uh, malicious, malicious uh, packages in Windows Package Manager. But the, the idea is that it's not official. It's not the vendors that are necessarily putting it in WinGet or Windows Package Manager. That's what the store is for. So Microsoft's store, which integrates with Intune as well now, um, that is intended for actual official vendors. So Adobe should be the only one who's allowed to publish Adobe products into yep. the store. Uh, and both of those, uh, and so both the store, uh, the store and Sorry, WinGet can service both the store and the Windows Package Manager. Uh, and so that's the, the, uh, combining those two. It's all about trust. Yeah. Do, do I trust the, the store or the, the, the mm -hmm. what is it called? Where Windows it Package from? Manager. Yeah, do, do I trust it's also the, the source? The people who submit to WinGet, you know, yeah. when you do submit an app, you know, one of the, one of the questions, you know, one of the things they look at is, is this the first time this person has submitted, or right. has this su su person successfully submitted multiple applications, okay, we kind of trust this person a little more. Mm -hmm. and, and those people tend to be more involved with the uh, the community, the Winget community. Yeah. Um, we talked right up front uh, about Winget before we start, and you mentioned something uh, with Google using the same URL, uh, URL, and when it published a new version, so update management within Winget, that could be an issue in some cases. Yeah, it, there is a lag there, uh, and the challenge is uh, we were talking about Google Chrome Enterprise. Uh, there's a there's a download URL that doesn't change; it's oh, static, it's, it's and that's <laughs> so you can always get the latest version. Uh, whenever uh, Google, uh, you know, mints it, you know. Uh, yeah. it, but the problem is uh, WinGet relies on a hash, and the URL doesn't change, but the download file may change, and so when it comes down and WinGet is looking at the old hash, comparing it to this new file that was just published two minutes ago, it's not going to sync up. It's going to fail the install, and, and uh, you know, that, that's one of the challenges I've seen. Sometimes it takes a couple hours, sometimes it takes a couple days before WinGet actually gets the, the latest uh, hash and version up to date in, uh, in, the, in the repo. It, I've never looked, like, who's actually publishing in Windows Package Manager for Google? Like, is, is it just, is it community members or like, like uh, you haven't looked I, either? I can't, I can't recall. I, I, 
you know, I know I've looked it up, and, it, and it's it's been there have been threads, okay, uh, yeah. comments about hey, Google's updated, can but, we? But it's it's Google. still all about the trust, about uh, yeah. the trust of the source. Right. Right. Do yes, you totally. trust the source? Yeah. Can you trust the source? Mm. And if it, it, it uh, isn't that possible that you can trust, yeah, then it's probably hard to use that in an in an enterprise environment, for example. The trust yeah. and is is it secured? Is it you know? Yeah. Are there some malicious code built into some of these? You never know, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's where we are with this. So. It, well, and I don't think what we see in Winget is what we need to worry about. It's no. it's the uh, individual apps, the, the unique mm -hmm. apps that are created and yeah. hosted on on GitHub um, that don't see updates that somebody in some organization has downloaded for their usage, and and it's not tested, it's not vetted. Uh, you know, it probably serves one purpose that. Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, you can get apps from anywhere. Uh, it doesn't mean there's always going to there's going to be a mechanism for every single app on your device. And I think uh, it's just it's a game we're going to be chasing. Uh, I don't think we'll win, but we'll get pretty close. Yeah. Um, to move a little bit forward, uh, application uh, management is is hard. Uh, we have vendors uh, that help in the Microsoft ecosystem uh, to realize that Microsoft is working uh, with Winget, with on the new store, and uh, other things are ongoing there. Uh, so I think that will be a challenge in the next uh, year or so uh, to have a third party. Uh, Microsoft is doing stuff and so on and so on. But before we can manage applications. We need to enroll a system, and we had a short talk with Thomas. Thomas Good uh, was over here, and he said, uh, "OSD deployment, I don't need it. I, I do autopilot." <laughs> so, uh, David, you have OSD in the cloud. Um, yes, yes, yes. David's the OSD guy. <laughs> yeah, but do we still need that? It, you know, it's funny when when autopilot first uh, was introduced. That that's always been the argument. Okay, we don't need OS deployment anymore. We have autopilot now, and and, and there are some people who just don't see there are, are specific use cases. Um, I know. For example, if I swap out your hard drive with with a, a brand new one and give it back to you, and I tell you, okay, make autopilot uh, rebuild your your machine, it won't do that. Right. You, you, <laughs> autopilot is a, is a way to get a a vanilla clean install to uh, into an enterprise, uh, into Intune, into an organization with you know policy and things like that. So you have to you have to start with something. You have to yeah. start with an OS. There are requirements, and if you don't have an OS, that's that's OS deployment. You just just simplify and just get an OS on there, and then you can let Autopilot take over. It's, a, it's an extra, uh, before you can use Autopilot, you need an OS on a physical yes. device. And if you switch the hard drive, for example, there is nothing. Um, then you can use a Cloud Pixie, and then you can boot into a Cloud OS. But uh, it can be uh, neither um, I mean, lo <coughs> local OS. That's a given, right? You always need some a base, right? Uh, without without an OS, there's no point, you know, turning on the machine, right? But you know, people have been used to this. Again, this concept going back, like you know, you get your machines. Like I used to work in a university, right? We would get, I don't know. 50, 60, hundreds of machines, and they'll go into like this warehouse, kind of a, you know, some IT folks are managing it, unboxing it, right? It 
came with the OS, it came with what we want, but they want to put in their custom images because they want to add applications and whatever else. Do the imaging process, close it, shut it down, then then ship it back to the to the users. And now we are again we're in this whole hybrid scenario, right? <laughs> Everybody's remote, things like that. So that that concept just doesn't work. And and also like I think a lot of times people were re-imaging brand new machines only for the sake of switching the SKU, right? It came with Pro, but they want to put Enterprise, but they don't realize that all you need to do is apply the license, and it flips it. Well, I got right? two scenarios for you. The first one, you know, Hyper-V, you create a new virtual machine. How do you autopilot that? You need an OS, okay, in its mm -hmm. pure form. And I use a, a OSD Cloud, which is a tool I developed to pull the OS from Microsoft use it to put on the OS, and then I can autopilot and, and get it into Intune. Uh, the second is, you know, I've worked for, you know, a large organization before working for HP, and and sometimes we would get pallets of computers, and maybe they had Windows 11, but we weren't ready to move to Windows 11, so re-image, put Windows 10 on it. Um, autopilot can't, you know, roll you back to Windows 10. Still not. And you better not be rolling back to Windows 10 right. at this point. <laughs> not, not to go too far back, but you know, like, and I don't want to throw Thomas or anyone else under the bus, but when I hear someone say something like, you know, I don't need OSD anymore, I, I can't help but question, like, did you ever do end user support of hardware? Because uh, users are monsters when it comes to hardware. I've never seen, especially like in education, I've never seen yep. pe such, people so small destroy things with such regularity. Uh, and uh, you know, if if you just ship, if you're just, I mean, if you just ship everything off to to HP and, and let them deal with it, that's fine. But at larger orgs, like we, you know, my, my org where I worked at at scale, we were our own H, like HP. We were certified HP technicians because we were just at that scale. We fixed our own stuff. Like right. no, yeah. we're going to need to lay down an OS. Like, so so here's where OSD Cloud really shines, and and hopefully you never have to use it for this method, but. Disaster recovery, ransomware, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want a clean OS, but can you trust your, you know, your CM servers? Can you trust your MDT? Can you trust your images? You know, you've, oh, uh, and, and if you're pulling the OS straight from Microsoft, everything from the cloud, you, you, from the OEMs, you're pulling the drivers, you, you can get back to uh, a clean uh, system. Mm. Yeah. In, uh, and, and some of the awesome OSD stuff we know, like Johan, <coughs> Artemark, like, you know, that, that's where a lot of that, came, some of that came from. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. they worked at, a, at an org where that was their job, like to go into disaster recovery scenarios. And the question is, how do you reimage 10,000 boxes in, in like, as, you know, so all of those like wall of fire demos that they do is like, okay, sometimes I'm always like, well, I, I will never need that. <laughs> I will, or. Hopefully. Yeah, I will hopefully never need that, but absolutely every year there's orgs around the world. They're like, how do we reimage re oh, yeah. every single device? Yeah. We have to burn it all down and start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, good luck doing that with, you know, and all you got is autopilot. Yeah, I, and you I, made a good point. <laughs> like, even backups are destroyed, right? They're corrupted and stuff like that because yeah. of You that. just don't know. And, and, and that, <laughs> you know, we talked about security earlier, and, and you know, you get hit by ransomware. I mean, a clean OS, that, that's part of uh, keeping secure. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you need that. 
what I see in in general, uh, education companies, for example, uh, using SCCM, doing OSD deployments mm -hmm. because of uh, uh, students that yeah. are hitting in that machines and they're monsters. Yeah, and <laughs> um, even OSD in the cloud probably can help, but they need a local OSD. Uh, probably they can use OSD cloud, but uh, they need extra things, not OSD, but also. Uh, applications, update management, and so on. So, uh, it's a combination of things, in my opinion, and with OSD in the cloud, uh, definitely with autopilot. Uh, if you extend that one uh, for certain scenarios, but not only for a backup and and and, and recovery scenario, but also when you have what you say, if you have a large amount of laptops or desktops that you need to roll out. It could be helpful if I if you have an OSD that is clean without everything from the vendor, for example. Yeah, um, yeah that could help. And with the with the autopilot, you can extend that into another workplace. And it was <coughs> Thomas was joking. I I, wa I was asking him. Oh, fair enough. To t yeah, it's what I mean. I'm not throwing no, anyone no, no. under the bus. <laughs> I, I, it's not the first time I've heard that. It's not the first time you've heard right. that. Right. Like like OSD is dead. I was like, ah, well, I'm gonna. It's a craft. <laughs> disagree with it. it will change. I mean, even to what you, you're talking about, right? Like, um, I, when I started, I mean, I think, what did I use? Clonezilla was like my first. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? Clonezilla. That was yeah. my in intro into like, yeah. you know, how to do. semantic ghost. And I, yep. I but I couldn't afford again. that. So, so I, had, I had Clonezilla. Yeah, Clonezilla um, was before Ghost. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know the timeline, but I, I didn't have a budget, so I took the, the Clonezilla option. But you know, we used to create these beautiful golden images, right? And we'd have all that, that mm. have Office baked into it. And that's the part that I think kind of has, you know, and that's fine. We've, I think, mostly came, come away from creating amazing golden images. But you still need, an, you still need an image. You still do. And, and, yeah. and what Autopilot can give you is like, okay, can't give you the clean image, but it can then lay on top of all the things you want on top of that clean image, but you still need to re-image devices. Can I, can I use, uh, you mentioned a vanilla image, so yeah, you have a clean image from OSD in the cloud. Can I use also uh, my own image yes. in, uh, into that so I can make an image, implement applications, and um, to update that later on probably, but <laughs> that I deploy my basic image into the full company? So uh, OSD Cloud, it primarily pulls uh, um, the feature updates from Microsoft, uh, but you can, if you um, want to put your own image in Azure, it supports uh, pulling it uh, from Azure, so you can authenticate and, and have it um, you know, secure in Azure. You can put it on a USB stick and uh, install it that way, or uh, from a URL. If you uh, host your own WIM, uh, on the internet, and as long as you give a URL to OSD Cloud, it will it download, download it and, and install it. But still, it's in the cloud, so you still need an internet connection, and you have a non-connected environment. You, you can you can cache it onto a USB, and everything will work offline. Uh, so it, it handles that. And and two two cases I've heard. You know, I had a session on OSD Cloud yesterday. It was a great great feedback. Great attendees uh, uh, enjoyed being invited here uh, to present that but you know some you know one of one of the attendees brought up to me look we don't use it as our primary method but I keep an OSD cloud flash drive in my backpack just in case and uh, second one of the other use cases you know that that I 
presented to my old organization is, yeah, okay, we try and standardize on the same desktop, the same laptops. Um, but sometimes an executive wants a one-off and it doesn't make any sense if you know, you're, you're putting your images in, in CM and you're replicating as this one, two gig driver pack globally uh, to support one device. And, and so you, sometimes you may need to look at your, your device counts and if you have less than 10 in your environment, just don't, don't worry about them and you know, do OSC Cloud for those if you need to re-image. You know, odds are you may not even image them in a year, but you know, having the ability to image it whenever you need to. In case of. Yeah, in case of. Uh, Brian, um, you're also speaker on this mm -hmm. event. Um, was that about the party applications, or was no, that regarding? Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a Windows Update kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I also work at third party patching. Uh, so no, I, uh, I have just finished the session now where we're talking about driver and firmware management uh, and and the. Uh, Intune. Intune solution, but uh, more, uh, Windows Update for business deployment solution solution for drivers, which is what Intune is, is built upon. Uh, and then tomorrow we'll do a, I'll do a deep dive into the Windows Update for business deployment service itself. So, uh, first party updates. Yeah, first party updates. So we're talking about application updates or mm -hmm. the deployment, but still we need after that we, we need to update an OS, an OS mm -hmm. and that can uh, it can be managed from an Intune perspective, mm -hmm. Windows Update for business. Um, what what about I will I will have a recording this afternoon about Autopads. That's more <laughs> your thing, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, Windows Update for Business and Autopads. How did how did that combine combine with each other? Okay, so um, something that I I've been saying, um, and I don't mean to be uh, provocative, but it's true. Intune doesn't have a patching technology, which which makes people like what? It's like no, there's when the when. Intune doesn't have a patching technology. All that is built upon Windows Update for Business. Windows Update for Business is really a OS feature. Yep. Um, and then there's a Windows Update for Business, the deployment service, which is a cloud service. And that's but all of the both of those things are owned by not the Intune team, but they're owned by the Windows up the Windows servicing team. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so Intune doesn't own any of those technologies. They are the first party consumer of those things. So, so at the root of everything is Windows well, is Windows Update, the cloud service, upon which Windows Update for Business is an OS feature, upon which Windows Update for Business deployment service is a cloud service for enterprises, right? So right. Th that, that's the bedrock upon which everything else is built. So Intune is built upon, uh, is a first party Microsoft consumer of those services. Autopatch then is a, another service built upon those services within Intune, right? So uh, I, maybe maybe Dior uh, would hate if, if, I, if I threw <laughs> this connection, but I, I think of like, I think of Autopatch as a managed service for updating. Because it, it's, it's using the same tools that you could use in Intune, but it's doing it for you. It's, it's abstracting away all of the, 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 the... Well, it's built upon Windows Update for Business deployment. Right, right. right. Yeah. But, so it's, but, but through Intune, right? Because when you enable auto, when you enable auto patch, you can see within Intune all of the, you see everything, it's all there, right? So, yeah. and that's because they're both, they're both built on that same core. And that's why I always, again, I don't mean to be provocative of say that like, you know, Intune doesn't do, Intune does patching, but Intune, the, the technology they're using is, is Windows Update for Business. It's a separate mm -hmm. org, it's a separate thing. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so, 
and so I always lay that down because I think it helps understand what AutoPatch is. AutoPatch is a managed service to manage Windows Update for Business and deploy, uh, Windows Update for Business deployment service settings via Intune. We have more things coming, more awesome things I'm, coming with I don't Auto doubt Patch. It. Yeah, we will uh, do a recording can, yeah. later later this afternoon so uh, with, with, with the guys. Announcements will come and stuff like that, but yeah. But your explanation was great. Seriously, yeah. the way you layered it up, that was, I mean, uh, the right... The right concept. I was doing your job for you. You were doing your job. <laughs> okay. yeah. So, yeah. so let's verify that in the afternoon with the, with the sure. other guys. That, that will yeah. that will be um, yeah that will be great, and we will dive into auto patch mm -hmm. more and more. Uh, but uh, you did a session already about that mm -hmm. about Windows updates for business, uh, how to manage updates. Uh, drivers. So I did drivers tomorrow. I'll do one on uh, okay. uh, just the deployment service. And drivers is still hard, <laughs> some in some cases. Yes, easier now. It's easier now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, if you need to do that, if you need to uh, go into OSD deployment, <laughs> uh, look at OSD in the cloud. Um, Winget is getting more and more within uh, within Intune. Um, it's getting better and better. We have the party application vendors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well and uh, update drivers. So we we touched a lot of things. We do. We did. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for thank being you so here. Much. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's and, uh, awesome. Let's meet up uh, later on. Uh, so, thank you for now. All right. Thank you.